You're listening to the team Top Figure Podcast. Your one-stop shop for entrepreneurship, lifestyle, and motivation. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Top Figure Podcast. We're excited to have you guys back again. Wanted just to say, want to take some time today just to say thank you guys for all the support. Thank you for all the feedback and all the dope stuff you guys been doing. Now we we're trying to get to top 100 business podcasts in America, and we can't get there without your help. So if you want to take a screenshot of this episode, share on your story, tag us. We'll repost you. That'll be highly appreciated. Leave a review on all platforms. That'll be also highly appreciated. And we have a special guest today, man. Today is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about so many different things, but mainly real estate. So if you are a real estate fan, you are in for a treat today. So we're really excited. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce Jado. And um, this brother here has done so many incredible things, and we're honored to have him here today. And we're going to really talk about you know, his whole entire story, not just just real estate how did he got started what amazing things he's done here in the twin cities and so much amazing things so jada welcome man excited thank to have you. you no thank you for having me yeah it. so like um let's get right into it right for the few people that don't know who you are and what you do like who is jada let's get it let's start from there sure i mean i currently you know like i involved a few different things but my main gig i'd say it's real estate okay um I have a broker called Realty Group, but I have my team called the Elite Agency that I started um, a couple years ago. I currently have 21 agents under me as well. Mm -hmm. um, very diverse. I, I specifically built my team to be a very diverse that team. Um, I also own an edible arrangement downtown. Okay. Um, there's seven different, it's a, it's a franchise. So there's seven different stores in Minnesota. I own the one downtown Minneapolis. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of consultation for clubs and nightclubs. Mm -hmm. I'm currently helping the guys that um, I sold them Delano's Pizzas. Oh, um, Delano's Pizza on, you know, right across from Luce. Um, and then just, you know, kind of control overhead, hiring, training, all that stuff. So, wow. A um, little bit of everything. Okay. Dope, dope. So, you got a lot going on right now, right? Yes, so, when you were first starting, like, let's really dig deep. Let's go behind before every, all the success you have now, all the amazing things you got going on for now. You know, where did you first start? You know, like, was it in Minnesota? Was it somewhere else? Like, and what was the reasoning behind, like, you know, entrepreneurship rather than taking the normal route, rather than just, you know, getting a job and just sticking with it. But you pursued your dreams. You said like, hey, let me take this risk. And it was a big sure. risk and it paid off, you know? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I was born in Lebanon okay. over in the Middle East. Um, I moved here when I was 14 years old. I kind of wanted to do high school here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I was in a very... Lebanon is a very strict like school. You basically go to school from seven a.m. to four p.m. Then you go home, eat, and you have to study for the next like five six hours. So you're it's just very overwhelming. Like, mm -hmm. The educational system is much harder. So when I came here for high school, it was I felt like I was you know, kind of hanging out. Right? <laughs> Plus the the good thing that I came from a very difficult. Um, uh, you know type of learning is that everything i was taking in high school had already taken in middle school so um you know mm. educationally it was easy for me i was you know okay. passing and i i've spoken english so i've speak three languages arabic is my first set french is my second because i went to a french school in lebanon mm. and then third was english but i used to come and go a lot to minnesota i have my uncles lived here okay so you know i spoke decent english so it wasn't decent. that hard for me to learn language when i fully moved here okay. um you know finished high school went to college here mm -hmm. and then right out of college i you know got into i got an opportunity as an investor to open a club okay. a very good friend of mine his name was song um he used to 
be a GM at a club downtown called Escape Ultra Lounge. Escape. It was a blocky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was like the first club that offered bottle service in Minnesota. Wow. So and it was like a whole new thing here in Minnesota. Yeah, like nobody knew. What, what year was this? Service. This was 2004, 2005. Yeah. Mm, so, um, really? yeah, a while ago. So, um, and then, you know, he ended up getting fired, Song did, the GM. And okay. he reached out to me and says, hey, I want to open my own spot. Would you be willing to help me financially? So, um, I approached my older brother, who's, you know, kind of really smart when it comes mm -hmm. to businesses as well. He thought it was the dumbest idea I've ever came to him. He was like, no, you know, we don't really, I don't really know liquor. We don't know the business. I said, you got to look at the business plan because me and Song have been working on it. So, um, you know, presented it. We start working on it. It was the numbers made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, halfway through, you know, the project, Song was over my house. We were ordering coolers, right, mm -hmm. for behind the bars. He went home and I got a call from his fiance like an hour later, said that he um, collapsed and had a heart attack. He was oh, jogging, okay. healthy, 36 year old. Um, you know, went to the hospital, he was in coma for like a, a week. And then his, his brain was almost, you know, 100% dead. So wow. his family ended up pulling the plug. So oh, uh, very sad. difficult time because we were, um, I mean, I get goosebumps every time I still talk wow. about this. But Sorry about that. There, no, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's emotional because he was a good friend of mine as well. So, um, but I was in a situation where we're halfway through this project, okay. you know, do I stop, you know, kind of take an L and move on mm -hmm. or do I keep going and kind of push? Cause that was his dream. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to his best friend. His name is Lucas. Um, I knew of him. I didn't really know him, mm -hmm. but, um, he's the one that taught song the business. Mm -hmm. So I said, Hey, I'm, I need you to come help me keep mm -hmm. this going. He says, I can't, you know, I'm retired. I said, you gotta do this for song. Like, mm -hmm. wow. um, you know, don't do it for me. Give me a year. Like, you yeah. know, you can just get me up and going, teach me the business and I'll take it from here. So he agreed. He come on board, helped us for the first year. Um, I learned everything from him, mm -hmm. basically. And um, my at first aqua was called aqua Friday and Saturday. Okay. Sunday, I would call it shy. Shy. Shy Sundays. Um, Damn. Literally, our menus were shy Sundays. Our logo goes down, goes up shy. Wow. So you and, were actually exchanging yeah, logos. Literally. Okay. I mean, we, literally, I made a separate club because... That was Song's initial, was Song Ho Yu was his name, oh. right? So I, I kind so of, out of respect him. for him, I wanted mm -hmm. to dedicate a night. So um, we ended up, you know, doing it for a few years. And then people, it created a lot of confusion. So I ended up just going back to Aqua eventually on Sundays. Okay. Um, just people were, you know, just confused with two different clubs with the same address and name. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, I did it for a while and, you know, we, you know, just out of respect and love for him. And then, you know, it took off. We, you know, even when... You know, our economy technically crashed in mm -hmm. 09, you know, 8, 9 because of real estate. Um, we struggled. You know, we went through a phase where we had to, you know, kind of do everything ourselves. We couldn't really hire people. But, mm -hmm. you know, we got over the hump and we took off after took that. Off. So, and then um, I purchased Elixir after that, which mm -hmm. is currently Monarch. 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 Yep. Yeah. So, um, bought it, named it Elixir. It was like a lounge. It did very well for us as well. Um, then I sold it to a good friend of mine named G who actually used to work with me as well. Okay. Um, G ended up, you know, operating, he called it spade at the time, spades. spade and okay. then, um, spades. And then he sold it to Amir. So, and then named it Monarch. And Monarch. then I bought the final music cafe. Um, I want to do more like a concert venue. So, mm -hmm. and then I bought, um, you were just buying the whole city. Up. <laughs> I had four clubs at one point at the same, on the same block. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, it was called, um, we called it a venue okay. and we did mostly like just hip hop Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, that's the venue when I had Lil Wayne and have you guys heard of the Lil Wayne yeah, situation? Yeah, so yeah, I go into Lil Wayne's situation. I had a concert for Lil Wayne um, and he showed up and that's when 
his he was on tour right mm-hmm. so what year one, is this exactly uh what year yeah that was 2016 maybe 16 yeah, okay so it was it was a prime social media year yep. snapchat taking off exactly mm-hmm. okay so um and that's there was a lot of beef between Lil Wayne and Birdman, mm. and Lil Wayne on um, Party Bus just got shot like mm. a week before, not even. Wow! So he shows up. I have a sold out room, mm-hmm. and then it was him, his female friend, um, his assistant, and then two bodyguards. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey guys, I have to search the bodyguards because you know we can't just with the beef going on. Right. Um, we had to be safe." And Lil Wayne says, "Nobody's touching anyone." I'm like, obviously, nobody's going to touch you or the females <laughs> that are with you, but we have to, you know, search the guys for procedure. Can, yeah, we can't allow any, um, any, you know, guns in the, in the, in the and I had fully staffed, had cops in and out. Like, you know, I've, I've done what I had to do. And mm-hmm. he says, if, if they're going to get searched, we're leaving. Yeah. I and said, they did end up getting searched? Nope. They ended up caught back and left. So I had to refund everybody their money. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was, we took a big hit. Um, okay on social media like people would just thought we should have just let it go and you know i going looking back at it i'd probably would probably do the same thing because mm-hmm. i'm always looking at longevity the business Absolutely. just one time because and you know if things weren't as bad because even like the city of minneapolis for calling it's like look you guys gotta be really careful with the show mm-hmm. we're getting calls like there's a lot of you know mm-hmm. and there's a lot of also minnesota and chicago there's a lot of beef between beef, you know certain yeah. certain parties so they get calls too with you know just warning them, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know we're gonna show up and you know pop things so they were putting a lot of pressure on us okay. and you know i'm like do i risk it you know and for a one-time event or longevity so anyways we end up not having a show, not having a show. and then um we and, took a big hit i mean and little we was on fire this time yeah i mean he was and i'm one of blue wayne's biggest fans i mm-hmm. had actually had bought him a skateboard and um painted it as the flyer of the event like wow. I was, I couldn't wait to hand it to him, right? Wow. And um, I still have it. Memories. Lil Wayne, if you're watching this, he yeah, still got that for sure. <laughs> um, and then we did another show, um, with Maestro. Um, I wasn't really involved. I was just helping him because I had the connection with Target Center, mm-hmm. um, with Lil Wayne, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was a bunch of people, and Lil Wayne didn't show up either. So that was like my last straw with Lil Wayne. You know, mm-hmm. I think I remember that one, the G Easy yep, one. It was yep, it was lit. Yep, that was a exactly. crazy show. So yeah. um. But so you know, we took a big hit, and it was called "Live on Live on Live on, live on Sundays." Live on Sundays, yeah, right? So that. um, that's what we called the club. It was called the venue, but our our Sunday Saturday night was called "Live on Live Sunday." On Sunday. Mm-hmm. So um, and then our business went down. Like after the Lil Wayne, we got so much negative. Wow. Um, in the city, social media. Yeah, I mean, we got ripped apart. But mm-hmm. so and then I reached out to a friend of mine named Ninja, which is to me is probably the biggest figure in minnesota when it comes to the hip-hop community and mm-hmm. just people just love him and respect him and he's his his name is very solid and he has a great following so i brought him as an as a promoter and he literally picked my night back up so wow. and then i sold it to hamza and nabil nabil yeah which is you know they end up calling it um is it gold not gold room no, no they clearly have gold room privé um you know I, that was the first club okay you know, so sold it to them love those guys really yeah. good genuine good kids so and then they end up moving it to goldrum goldrum mm-hmm. yeah so um and then you know aqua end up selling it in 2018 okay 2018 um, yep, yep to uh to a good friend of mine her name is freedom okay i'm still friends with her and her kids great family um and then they had a shooting yeah they had a show and then three people got shot and like i tell people like it's part they, of the game yeah it's 
it wasn't anything on the owners. Like mm-hmm. they did all they what they had to do. Is stuff happens. Like this could have happened on my clock, mm-hmm. right? Um, it just unfortunately happened on theirs. Um, but um, so you know they end up just shutting down. Yeah, and um, I end up selling the fire line to First Avenue. Mm-hmm. So First Avenue currently owns the fire line, mm-hmm. and I just end up stepping out of the business completely. Okay. Um, I'd gotten married in 2014, had my first child. Okay. So it was kind of really hard to build a family around, you know, being up till five, six in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think my firstborn literally thought I was her mom's roommate. Wow. So I would, like, <laughs> I would come home and sleep and get up and leave. Like, that was my pride and joy. I was my first child. Like, mm-hmm. um, and like, she wouldn't come to me at one point. She didn't, I didn't spend much time with her. So wow. I, it was kind of me for, it, it was most likely like a wake up call, like figure, mm-hmm. figure your stuff out. And so I hopped into real estate. And mm. I just wanted to do get into a business that can utilize the network that I've built on okay. the clubs. The clubs, right? And going into um, just uh, before we get into the real estate part, so you at one point you owned four different clubs on the same block, yep. like and then the mansion in uptown, and then the mansion mm-hmm. in uptown. So like, what was that like? Because there's some people that you know they want to get into the nightlife, they want to get into you know starting a bar or a club, mm-hmm. like. You had four, so like yeah. that's four times the stress. So like, how are you managing that? How are you going about, you know, running that? Like, for sure. I mean, you, you gotta. I don't ever advise anybody to own a foreclosure at the same time. Um, I think part of the reason I was successful is because I was hands on. Like I was mm-hmm. there. I was first one to be there, last one to leave. Um, I'd literally go from one club to club and close because there's a lot of cash, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can easily get robbed. So, um, and I would literally close one, go to the second and force. So, but the key is to hire people you really trust. That's because you can't be in four places at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you need somebody there to be physically, you know, running the show and, mm-hmm. you know, just make sure everything's going smoothly. And, you know, like literally I had Aqua, Elixir, Fireline and the venue going at the same time. And they're all different concepts. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't compete with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, Aqua was basically mainstream. mainstream. Like Friday was my Latin night. Saturday was my Asian night. Sunday was my hip hop night. Different right? crowds, right. different people. Different crowds. Exactly. Elixir was more of a lounge. Mm-hmm. You know, like food, you know, you know, kinda chill out spot. Final was all live music. Live music right. concerts. Yep. And then, you know, venue was basically just was a hip hop club. Hip hop club. Right. So okay. um, which is that's what I I spend the most time. That's my type of music. Right? Mm-hmm. So but again, don't all different concepts and they all worked. Yeah. Um and it was like mainly all so because in that business is a lot of cash. Yep. So like you there has to be like a lot of trust and there has Correct. to be a lot you of have like, trust employees in, in general. Mm-hmm. I mean in that business they'll either make you or break you, right? Um but I I've had a great loyal staff that I've built over the years. Like my first few years at Aqua I had a lot of turnover. Um Yeah, just, talk about that because that's really amazing because Business is all people. People, yeah, yeah it's people skills, trust, loyalty, <laughs> and like mm-hmm. these things, and like the tough decisions you had to make. Yeah. Really, like, it, what is it like as a as a founder, knowing like as a business owner, you having to make a decision, like having to step away, having to make sure that you know you follow procedure, you know what the amount of like risk that you have to undertake. Correct. It's it, it's a lot of you know. It, it is. And I mean, that's, that's huge. No, like, I just talk really about that. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest challenge in this business mm-hmm. is actually having, because you want to hire experienced people, right? Because yep. they know what you're doing, you know, they, they but the problem is those are the people that know how to F the system, Yeah. right? So mm-hmm. um, you got to hire experienced people that you trust. Like, I've had to fire a lot of people and mainly, mm-hmm. you know, for, because when you hire a bartender, that's very fast because mm-hmm. we were packed. So mm-hmm. you want to 
you know, bartenders are pouring, serving drinks, and then you don't know what they ring and what they put in their tubla right. that we put in there. So especially with cash, it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I serve you a $10 drink, but I ring it as a dollar bottle of water and then put in, put $9 in my tip bucket. Mm-hmm. It's, they rank, it's, if you're not sitting there watching the screen what she's ringing, it's almost impossible to know. Wow. Right? I didn't even so, think about yeah. it like that. that I is mean, even true. like to me, you know, you pour a drink, mm-hmm. like that's stealing. Like if you overpour, overpour, right? So, um, you got to make sure that they're serving the right, because that's all profit out of your pocket. Mm. Um, and then, I mean, th- also the biggest challenge is hiring staff that's going to bring clients in. Yeah. Right? Like till this day, I go to bars and restaurant. I either know the owner or mm-hmm. I need to know the front door guy, yep. or even know the server or the mm-hmm. bartender. Like I'm pretty sure you guys do the same thing. 100%, like you feel yep. comfortable going somewhere, you know, you know somebody, somebody, right? Exactly. And then that's how I got my nickname. I know Jado. I know Jado. Right? Where did yeah. you yeah. came from? I'll, awesome. I'll tell you. Actually, it's a couple of stories. I'll tell you where mm-hmm. it really originated from. But I made people feel like I really knew them. Right. right. Like just yes. calling somebody by the first name as an owner goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Right. And then be like, Yo, let's go to Aqua. I know Jado. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Or they show up and I literally took care of everyone. That's that's how I built my brand. I genuinely wanted people to come, have a good time and and just I mean, let them skip the line. Goes yeah. like they feel like they just got the deal of their life. The deal mm-hmm. of their life. Right? So mm-hmm. like what was the balance between cause you know, when some of your friends they expect like, you know, mm-hmm. free this, discounts this, but then you have other people that wants to pay full price. Yeah. At what point does, you know, the business side come in or the friendship kind, you know, the I, balance you know, I've between always, that? I've always told my friends, um, you come to my places, I'll take care of you. But when it comes to like, don't ask me for a discount. Mm-hmm. I'll take you to the club on my day off or dinner. I'll pay for everything, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to my business, please treat it as my business. That's smart. right. So, um, so it's not about the actual amount of money. It's about, like you said, it's going to be hard to charge one person one thing, charge the other. Now, I've given people discounts, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, I've it wasn't to me. It was I don't try to maximize what i can make per client mm. i look into the you know give him a discount mm-hmm. and you know if i give him 50 dollars discount off the bottle he's probably gonna buy two more right yeah so i'm making more long so and that's the problem that people don't do in this business they just look like i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna do a discount because i want the most money out of this bottle but mm-hmm. you know you just have to really look longevity right that's and- that's big no mm-hmm. i'm sorry to cut you off, but that's really big like especially we, we preach all the time in longevity and business yeah. You know, too often people look at short-term money like quick gains, like, hey, I'm going to make money on the front end. Yeah. But the money, real money you make is on the back end. Like, when we start off on our journey of building businesses for other mm-hmm. people, you know, doing website design, digital marketing sure. for a lot of clients, we would give them the game and mm-hmm. give them the value of like, hey, this is how you build this, this, and this. That would build our credibility, trust, and they would come back and say, hey, can you build this for me? Can you actually help me? And that's what you were doing with people. You yep. were actually showing, you know, you know, taking a relationship, looking at it for what it is, and then building that and saying okay hey this is how you um you know you, you didn't let people walk over you yep, you let people you know and that's really awesome that's really really you. dope that's what it, it attests to how you're at to this level correct and and let's go into real estate this how that transition happened correct from the business because you took the experiences the businesses that you've built and how did that transition into real estate into what it's at today it's it was the reputation for me yeah i think part of the reasons i became successful in real estate outside of actually having a big network mm-hmm. is that I've always treated people with respect and yeah. love. I've never taken a dollar from a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always done the other way around. I've given people um, and the reputations will help me, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in this small town of Minneapolis and 100%. you know, like just the Twin Cities, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. Right, so yeah. um, I've, that's how I built the trust. And 
success attracts success, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's about, a lot of it is about perception, mm -hmm. especially in real estate. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you were talking about my office. It's, you know, on the 49th of the IDS. Mm -hmm. It's a, one of the best views you can have in Minnesota. When people walk in, the first thing you usually think, oh, he must be really good mm -hmm. in order to be able to afford his office. Mm -hmm. And they think, well, if he's successful, working with him will put me in a successful Six, position. Success. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. Success, you know, basically attracts success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not fooling people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm really good at what I do. Mm -hmm. But it's a tool that I use to attract business as well. That's mm -hmm. smart. That's smart. So going into real estate, like, what does it take to become, uh, you know, with TikTok and Instagram, you see everybody, you know, they, they're taking a real estate test or becoming real estate agents. Like, what does it really take to become a successful real estate agent? Because you're in the top 5%. You got that word. Just congratulations. Yeah, congrats on that. That is amazing. That's really big, you know. Thank you. Um, for an upcoming real estate agent, someone that just got in the game right now, like, what are some key advice of, like, actionable things that they could take from this podcast right now and go apply to where they'll see, like, some results from? Sure. Um, I always advise people to get into real estate. Mm -hmm. um, it's a... One of the best business to be involved in. Um, just because you don't take a lot of investment to make the kind of money you make, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like most businesses, um, if you want to make $10,000 a check, mm -hmm. right? Which is, that's what, you know, I average per transaction. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to invest a lot of money in it. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I invest in my marketing, stuff like that. But m new agents don't need to do... I, I do because I can afford it because I do have, you know, deals coming in. I can mm -hmm. justify spending marketing and, you know, mm -hmm. leads, stuff like leads. that. So, but you, in order to get to that point, you have to struggle first, right? Which mm -hmm. is, That's I did. Cool. I was rookie of the year, the first year I of business, mm -hmm. and I still didn't think I did that great, mm -hmm. right? So the first two years are very challenging just because people don't trust you yet. Yeah. You know? Like first, a lot of people, everybody knows a realtor. Like mm -hmm. there's more realtors currently <laughs> than there's houses on the market. Yeah. Like, wow. I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. There's really more realtors than there are houses on the market. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, but also not, that's why it's important to choose the right realtor because mm -hmm. with really high demand and low inventory, it takes a really good realtor to finesse getting your offer accepted. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But just going back to like new ages, if you, what motivates them or what advice I would give them, Get into real estate. It costs eight hundred bucks to get your license. Okay. It's a three week class, ninety mm -hmm. hours total, so thirty hours a week. After the first thirty hours, you can take the test. So there's two tests: the national and the state. Right? Mm. So after you first take the first thirty hours, um, you can take the both tests. Okay. Um, I always tell people finish the first thirty and take the test because the only thing on the test is the first thirty hours. First thirty hours. So don't take the other sixty. You're gonna get all a bunch of information and you know more knowledge, and you're just gonna confuse them, and then on the test. Okay. So take the first thirty hours, go take the test right away, and then finish the other sixty. Sixty. Yeah, okay. and you know the other sixty, they're stuff you learn on the field more than anything else. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then always I tell people, social media till this day is the most underused tool. Yeah. Like you know, I I use it enough and i still feel like i don't use it enough enough mm -hmm. right? yeah so you got to market yourself but um get it take the first step take the mm -hmm. class once you're invested even 800 bucks you feel like you want to do it um only 10 percent of agents a year make it as a new agent wow so at 100 only 10 make it so make it so it's yeah, a low it's very low um you would but it doesn't mean you got to be you know one of the 90 percent right yeah so, um i've built the elite agency um, specifically, I went after new agents. New agents. Mm -hmm. okay. I've, you know, handpicked everybody as part of my team. 
I've turned people out. I've turned people down that wanted to join my team that I thought it wasn't a good fit. Mm. Um, I wanted to teach these agents what worked for me because I know it worked because I did it. You did right? it. Okay. So, um, and that's what I've been trying to teach them. And they're all like young, good agents. Um, and they, they listen. No, they, they listen. just listen. All their agents, mm -hmm. like, they're stuck in their airways and they don't yeah. like, listen. They just feel like they got it figured out. They think they got um, the um, bus right. signs, uh, the bus chair logos, all the yeah. signs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, things are changing. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're living, you know, different times. Mm -hmm. What worked, you know, five years ago doesn't even work now. So talk about some tips that you would recommend, like as far as like a new agent leveraging social media, because you have a massive platform. Because I think I think everybody right now knows someone that wants to buy a house. 100%. Like at least a few people in your contacts are looking, and Absolutely. people buy from people they know. Yeah, you, know. you know, like if Absolutely. if you're my friend and I know you just became a new real estate agent, I'm more than likely gonna go with you rather than just Correct. John that I don't have a relationship with. Exactly. You know, and that's I always tell people like, um, the SOI is the most important tool you can generate leads from which mm -hmm. is sphere of influence yes. right like with your own circle like your own network mm. like you said even if you don't know somebody you know somebody that knows somebody mm -hmm. and i tell people you have be annoying on social media yes because it takes a <laughs> lot for people to remember that you do real estate mm. like i had one of my closest friends the first year using another agent because he forgot i'm into real estate wow like, like literally one of my closest friends so and i take that shit personal like out of sight out of mind yeah exactly <laughs> so you gotta constantly put every day you can't be boring. Like you have to start <laughs> put stuff that doesn't show like you're trying, but mm -hmm. attracts people. Post stuff that get people to ask questions. Right? That is big. And then I tell people like post on your Facebook because I use three platforms okay. mainly. I've used other more, but there's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. Mm -hmm. Okay. I tell people Facebook is where you generate your business. Mm -hmm. Instagram is where you show it off. Okay. And TikTok is where you have fun with it. Yeah. Right. Wow. But um, and that's the truth. Like you know, I do get some leads from Instagram, but most of my leads come from Facebook. Facebook. Mm -hmm. And okay. I, for, when I ever want to post something, I wear Instagram first. Mm -hmm. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's just what we're used to. Just people, I feel like they're more intact with Instagram. But like, if you want to find a plumber, first thing you do is you go on Facebook, say, Facebook. looking for a plumber. plumber you don't usually local. post that on Instagram. Yeah. Right? So and I tell people that's where you get the business where you show it off. And I've started. I wanted to build my brand first on TikTok to start before I start using it to market my business. Mm -hmm. and now, like in the last year, after I hit five hundred thousand followers, when I felt like okay, now I can start pushing my real estate business. Mm -hmm. First, I wanted to build, you know, the the follow the, the follow right because not everybody enjoys real estate. You know, I have followers from Thailand and mm -hmm. you know Brazil, right? Mm. So, um, but the majority are from the U.S. U.S. So, um, and they're all across. I mean, you I have. 18 year old girls and seven year old you know grandmas that follow me so yeah and, and that's across the board right and that's the power of like social media that people don't understand mm -hmm. it's literally this account that you have represents who you are and you are let's say you get 1000 views which people don't yeah. think is a lot think about if you were in front of a room with a thousand people yep, exactly. looking at you yep. like you're on the spotlight and that's the power of social media you're literally one video away from a whole different life like yep. one video goes viral you get 300 leads coming Absolutely. in you close 10 percent of that 100 you know so that's super super important yep. for real estate agents i want to get into memory before you get i would want, love to ask you the question of how do you be memorable with half a million followers mm -hmm. how do you really grab people's attention right away what is some tip that you could share with people to grab their attention to sure. help them out you gotta figure out your algorithm right because mm -hmm. TikTok is the only platform that you can become a celebrity overnight <laughs> yeah the only one like, literally like i literally i the one that video i had to go 21 million the mm -hmm. one that's talking about the water yeah i posted it i remember it was like 
the day after Valentine, like February 15th, mm -hmm. and I woke up the next day, I had like extra 200,000 followers, and I, it was like at 15 million views. Wow. Mm -hmm. Right? Like instantly. Like I've had followers, right? I mean, mm -hmm. but that video took literally took me to another level. Mm -hmm. And that's where I built f actual true fan base. Like mm -hmm. when I don't, like, if I don't post my daughter, I was like, well, how, how come you haven't posted Rita? Like, we want to see your daughter. Yeah. You know? um, and then also, like, there's certain videos that I post doesn't get a lot of views, right? There's certain videos that I post that I know is going to hit. Mm -hmm. And just because I figured out my algorithm, mm -hmm. like, kind of what my clients want to see. Like, clients. you know, real estate has been okay with TikTok. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been as great as I want it to be, mm -hmm. right? So the algorithm, my followers don't enjoy real estate. Like, they enjoy my comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, they enjoy, you know, the videos I do with my daughter. Daughter, right? exactly. So um, I got to stick to it, right? So mm -hmm. I got to keep building it. Mm -hmm. um, and then... You, I mean, everybody's different. It depends mm -hmm. on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Right, um, right. All I was trying to achieve is build enough clientele so I can start using it for my business. And that's when I just started doing it. And you see a lot of videos that I post, I post on TikTok and, and Facebook because I don't have a lot of people that actually know that follow me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Majority of the people, I've, you know, I don't know them. Don't I'd right. say out of the 500,000, I probably know 500 of them. <laughs> yeah. And I noticed like too, especially like with a certain type of content, like let's say I do like a funnier video, mm -hmm. more views. Yeah. And then I realized there's like a balance with TikTok, like where you have to do like this something called edutainment, yeah. where you are educating people on what you do and you're also entertaining them at the same time. Correct. And yeah. that does a lot more better. Correct. And like I realized like if you do a funny comedy skit or video, mm -hmm. takes off. Yeah. 100,000, 200,000 views. Yeah. If I do something like educational, yeah. a thousand views. But can I tell you, you know why? What? Let me tell you why. I don't want to get political, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, TikTok is a Chinese app. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. And if you look at the For You page. Of China. Of China and China here. Mm -hmm. Completely different. One hundred percent. When you put educational in the States, mm -hmm. China don't want us to be educated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't want it. They want us to think that funny videos this dance and funny is what's going to make you popular and funny. Yes. Or like, mm -hmm. right? They don't want you to follow the education. Mm-hmm. That I've literally looked into it. That for you page on China is ninety nine percent educational, right? Wow! And they do that on purpose. Like mm -hmm. China hates us, and we hate that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we talk about politically. <laughs> so and they every and they're smart. Like mm -hmm. they're far smarter than us. Yep. You know, especially when it comes to government. So they know what they're doing. You yes. know. So I mean, Trump was trying to block TikTok for that specific reason, yes. right? So, um, but. Again, that's, you know, to answer your question, that's why here educational stuff doesn't really blow up. 100%. Right? Um, I guarantee you the dances in China are not popular. They're, not popular, <laughs> right? so, They're actually like demoted yeah, on demoted. the TikTok yeah. algorithm. That's Correct. crazy Correct. that you say that. Yeah. It, no. It's like that mix between that. We're having to like really mix education with like yeah. entertainment at the same time to gather attention. Correct. It's crazy. It's Absolutely. super, super important. All right. So let's go in a little bit deeper into the elite agency right yeah. uh you recruit new agents and you look for new agents that are just starting mm -hmm. like right now how big is the team how 21 big? 21 people right and how long ago did you guys start a year ago a year ago yeah. so you have 21 agents so like how how does that work right when they work with you mm -hmm. do you give them leads or do they yeah. bring leads themselves yeah. or like how, how how often should a real estate agent go after somebody before the deal closes like what's your procedure and um, your SOP for that? I mean, with newer agents, they're a lot more work. Because okay. you basically have to teach mm -hmm. them A to Z. Mm -hmm. Right? Even before you send them a lead, you want to make sure that they know what, gonna, what they're going to do with the lead. Mm -hmm. Right? So what I do is, first thing is, 
I have a leadership team. I have six people, part of my leadership at the elite. Mm-hmm. And then I have 21 agents. So okay. um, our leadership team, everybody is has a certain role. Um, my role is basically recruiting, okay. right? Um, I don't have time to, I already have, I'm extremely busy personally to have time to spend a lot of one-on-ones, mm-hmm. but I still at least give one agent at least an hour a week, Okay. right? So, um, and then we have somebody that does a lot of like the training, the one-on-ones, I should teach them the business. Um, and like, like being a, it's a, a lot of work that I signed up for. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm looking at longevity. Like if I teach these agents what to do, do it correctly, do the business ethically and do it the right way, we're all going to be successful. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's the problem with newer agents, though, that they don't have the network. I mean, they could have the network, but they don't, people don't trust them yet. Right. right? So when you, that's the value of a team. Mm-hmm. You say, hey, yeah, I'm a new agent, but I have 20 agents behind me that you begin, all of them, that mm-hmm. have been years in the business and have millions of dollars in sales. Like, you know, we know what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. and I provide them with tools. Like, they have folders that they go and meet with people with. Okay. Um, all their marketing. We take care of all, like, you know, photos, um, um, flyers, business cards. Business cards. You know, all the websites. Um, you know, we do, every week we have a meeting that is educational. Mm-hmm. Every week I have a speaker or a host. Wow. So, one week I have, you know, the broker that comes in and meet with us that, you know, trains on all the, what what's new that week. Um, another week we have... Um, Joe named Michael Brennan. He owns the Minnesota School of Realty where you go take your class to become. Mm. He owns that and he's an instructor. So he knows the business better than anyone else. So wow. he's a good friend of mine. He comes and gives us usually three hours a month wow. educational. And then, you know, another week we have, you know, loan office comes in, you know, tell them how the bank works, mm-hmm. um, insurance, like, you know, um, home warranty. So every week we have somebody or sometimes two a week. They come in and you know educate them and teach them on what's new in the business, mm-hmm. and that's what new agents need. They need knowledge. They need knowledge. In, and then we spend a lot of one on ones with them, and then we start dumping leads where we know they're comfortable enough to go ahead and start working on deals. Working on deals, and a lot of people don't understand like how much back end work that has to be done before you make your first sale. You Absolutely. know, so like you got to fall in love with the process Correct. of actually enjoying yep. being a real estate agent, enjoying calling the leads you know following Mm -hmm. up the leads i think it's it usually takes the first deal yeah once you get a check Mm -hmm. for that much money you probably never gotten as a new agent Mm -hmm. in one like one lump sum Mm -hmm. and you probably work 30 days to get that Mm -hmm. that makes them want to go harder than they've ever been because i mean there's i I don't want to go on record saying this but we don't deserve the money we make Compared to yes. the amount of work that you put in, mm-hmm. um, everybody gonna be yeah. running being agents now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm being truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's deals, believe me. There's deals that I've had to take a vacation after I closed. Yeah. That made me like literally want. Could we, we break down some of the numbers for like an average deal and like sure. you know, um, locally? So I mean, some people get an idea of what's going on. Sure, people are motivated by the money. Yeah, people, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, let's just do lower end, three hundred thousand okay. dollar home, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, most of the people. What they make yearly, they're land between three to three fifty a home. Wow. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just look at three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. This is on Even the lower end. A lower end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> lower end so guys. For a lot yeah. higher than that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Especially yeah. in this market. Right inflation. now it's inflate. So yeah. that means you get paid more based on the absolutely. The oh, more that's they crazy. pay, the more because <laughs> you make commission. Our commission usually is about two point seven percent deal. Two point seven percent deal. So you know, two point seven of three hundred is almost eight grand. Eight grand. Right? Yep. And um. Out of that, you have probably about five hundred dollars in cost. Okay. So you walk away with seventy five hundred dollars on a very lower end deal, right? Mm. Um, 
you know, if you go up to 400, you know, you're looking at a little bit over 10K. Wow. Okay. So, which is, again, that's the majority, even the houses are listed at 3 through 50 are going for 400. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say you're the least as you ain't can right now is 10K a check. 10k a check right wow and that on average would take somebody two months three months sometimes it usually takes about 30 to 45 days Mm -hmm. 30 to 45 days and if what if you're hungry like super hungry you see someone do it quicker Um, it depends on the bank so the problem is when they have finance they have to get the appraisal and that's what usually takes longer yeah is for the bank to send the appraisal to appraise the home um usually three weeks is the fastest i've seen now if you pay cash um, you can close in like a week. A week. Right, because there's no appraisal, there's no bank. You just wire the money, you get the deal done. You just have to pull the title work to make sure there's nothing wrong with the house. Wow. Right, so, but majority of the, now we've seen a lot of cash deals because how crazy the market the is. The market is. I put an offer on a house in Afton, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was listed at 750. Mm-hmm. We were on offer at 825, cash. Cash. <laughs> we didn't even get it. Someone came in and sold for nine hundred. Sold for one hundred fifty. That's the kind of market we're seeing. Yeah, wow. Um, we're offering a house in um, Maple Grove. We'll say four eighty nine. Wrote it for five eighty, so ninety one over. Yeah, we weren't even top five. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is the market. So, like, do you right now? Do you recommend someone to buy a house right now or wait it out? I mean, I right now the you know always buyers ask me. Like, what do you think this house is worth? Yeah. And I'm telling them, the house is currently worth what you're willing to pay for it. Like, that's what the market that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I, I don't want to say I'm the greatest agent in the world, but I've developed a lot of good strategies to get my offers accepted. Mm-hmm. Like, and I currently have a lot of deals pending that have been accepted. Mm-hmm. And I had to finesse the shit out of them to get them done. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's different strategies. I'll tell you one strategy. Um, um, it's a long story. I'm going to make it quick. Um, now take your time we're soaking in the game (laughs) uh, there was a house in Lake Elmo Um, a friend of mine called me was like yo I need this house like you gotta do it I want this house because it's right next door to his parents house and he had a kid Mm -hmm. his mom and dad helped with the kids so Mm -hmm. it was listed at 725 Um, I called the agent the agent had to be in my brokerage okay which just makes it easier because legally you can Mm -hmm. share more info if it's Mm -hmm. a dual agency so um, he was like we have a couple other offers and um you know, you got to come a little higher than asking. So over mm-hmm. 725. Okay. So we're at 730. And then I included an escalation clause, which is a lot of people don't even know about it, mm-hmm. which is you're willing to go $1,000 above the highest offer. The highest offer, yeah. But wow. then you got to cap it. Like you put, you know, up to 750. Okay. Right. So we wrote 730 escalation up to 750. And then I called the agent, I'm like, look, if that's not good enough, let me know. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you let me know, I can make you look like a rock star because to your seller, I'll, you'll get more, right? Mm. So, and the highest and best was due Monday. So, noon comes around. He doesn't call me. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so, he, I call my broker because, like I said, he's under the same brokerage. Okay. I said, Mike, you need to call this kid. He needs to call me. I need this house. This has to happen. So, Mike hangs up. Dude calls me like three minutes later. So, Mike must have called him. He said, yeah, sorry, we're with another offer. And I said, no, the fuck you didn't. Can I cuss? No, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, this is all us. Okay, um, and um, he's like, I'm like, did you call the other agent? Tell him that he he got the offer. He's like, no, that's my next phone call. Mm-hmm. I said, no, your next phone call is back to your seller, and you're gonna tell him to make me an offer. He was like, what do you mean? I'm like, tell him to tell me what he wants my buyer to pay. Forget you have four other offers. Forget the offer that one. Call him and tell him to give me a number. Mm-hmm. He says, you sure? I said, I'm sure. Like. 
I, I want you the, need my client, this house. I know what my clients can afford to buy. He's giving me that number. I'm not going to share it with you, but I'm telling you, tell your client to call me back. Calls me was like seven seven seventy two. I said done. I'll send you. An, I'll send you an amendment. He was like, you don't want to call your seller. I'm like done. I know what my seller wants to pay. I'll have an amendment with you in thirty seconds. Send him mm. an amendment for seven seventy two and close on the house right away. Boom. So wow. like a lot of people don't even know. You can. Add, I shouldn't be giving my secrets away, but he's I giving game. This, hey, is, this, this is this is top. This is Let's go. I don't. I don't win offers, but you know. And my client till this day, you know, is very thankful because mm. now this house is worth nine hundred. I just sent him. An, I wow. just sent, and that was like a, you know a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. So um, even if you lo- if you're about to lose the offer and yeah. you went above and beyond and said, hey. But that's like, do you know how many agents would have just stopped? Absolutely. Quick. Hundred percent of agents would have stopped. They would have just stopped. When you get a phone call, you lost. You just there's nothing you can do. But there's Mm -hmm. another offer. And I'm like, that's why I asked him. Have you told the other? It was like, even if you told him, Mm -hmm. it's still not binding. You have to send him the actually executed agreement. Right. So he hadn't even told him yet. So. Um, you know, wow. I think probably that they probably had it like 760. He probably got another 12k. But my client was willing to go to 800. Mm-hmm. Like, we only want to volunteer and give him 800. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm like, look, you're going to you look give like me an yeah. offer. Imagine, you know, you're calling yourself, like, give them the number that you want, and they'll take it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just gave him more money. Yeah. So now you look like the best seller's agent to your client. Yep. So let's, like, you know, and then I look like a rock star because I got my client the house that he wants. Exactly. So you got you to gotta finesse. You got to work with agents. I had an offer in Richfield um, just this past weekend. And Again, I had to finesse the whole situation. I had to call. I called the agent like seventeen different times. Mm-hmm. I was at my cabin up north, and I barely had service. I had to literally go like walk around and call him. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. The guy probably would have not accepted my offers because he didn't want to talk to me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I literally had to come up with ten different, you know, um, strategies to get, and I got the offer accepted. Yep. And it was even less than their highest offer by a thousand, but still, like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you gotta really fight for your clients like 100%. and i feel like that's kind of what makes me different because i take shit personal mm-hmm. like and not in a, in a good way right, right? right because like i want my clients to win i want to put them in a position especially if a client sell you this is the house that i want yep. you take it personal absolutely like mm-hmm. you, there's a lot of pressure um but now of course i've been in a situation when a client told me this is the house i want and i've did everything i can it still wasn't good enough still, yeah. there's certain situations where you just can't like they're capped to a certain number mm-hmm. and sometimes you're gonna have to go over and you just can't so right, right. but you know i if if there's a way to make it happen you I figure it out happen. but then the good thing about that is that brings a lot of referrals because mm-hmm. like if someone figures out like yo jado got that done for me they're yeah. like Who's that? I got to go to him. Give me his card. Sure. Like how much referral business has that brought for you going above and beyond and like being relentless, yeah. you know? I have a, f- a friend of mine. His name is Tari. I've sold him a house. He's sent me nine referrals. Wow. Nine different clients I've already closed that he's <laughs> sent me, right? And every client that I've sold a house to has at least sent me one referral. I just did the numbers beginning of last year. Wow. Um, like 2022. I looked in January. Every client I've sold a house mm-hmm. has at least sent me one. One. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's... That means you did a great job yeah, with the... absolutely. Because mm-hmm. those people that they sent you, they're going to send you one. More. Right? So Exactly. Um, so, and I'm referring to people like that I've worked with. Worked referral. With. I'm not referring... I'm not talking about the referral of the referral. Oh, so, okay. But, um, but again, so eventually they will refer you to somebody. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. And new agents really don't focus on sometimes the importance of 
you know, the little things for your clients, you know, making sure that, you know, you you figure it out under, like, you just figure it out, you know, you get your hands dirty, mm-hmm. you have to do what you have to do, yeah. and that makes you look good because, like, you figured out a way that another agent probably couldn't, you know, Correct. they probably were too shy to, like, you yeah. call, you picked up the call, yeah. you said, yo, yeah. I need this, like, yeah. you, you gotta give me an offer, <laughs> you know? And, like, and that's, I even, like, when he says we accepted offer, that my reaction was, I said, the fuck you did it. Yeah. Like, that's what I literally yeah. said. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, like, this is exactly what the conversation went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was so upset because I thought we had an agreement. Right. Like, especially we're under the same broker. You should give me, you know, that, just that respect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you could call me and tell me you're not winning the offer. You know, give me a better offer. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to give a better offer. I wanted the deal to happen. That's when I asked him to make me an offer. Wow. Right? So, um, again, there's, like, for my listings, I have a different strategy Everybody nowadays puts highest and best, mm-hmm. right? When you put highest and best, do by noon, mm-hmm. um, everybody has to give their best offer and they pick their best offer and go with it, mm-hmm. right? My, what I do with my listings, I don't say highest and best. I say all offers do by by noon, mm-hmm. right? When you do that, I can counter. And, you know, because when you say highest and best, that means you can't basically counter. You're right. just going to pick the highest and best. Mm. But when I put a deadline, you're basically doing the same thing. You have a deadline to turn in the best offer you have, mm-hmm. but then I can basically counter and make the best offer even better. It's a psychology right? thing. Wow. Yeah. So, again, like, people don't even do that. Like, I still mm. check. I'm like, I wonder if everybody's going to do what I do. Right. And it's literally everybody highest and best, high, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I want to be different. I want to be unique. But that's all the strategy that I teach my agents to also use. Mm-hmm. I don't just, you know, keep to myself. Um, but, again, you you got to... Got to figure yeah. it out. But you know what's crazy? Even people that are listening to advice, you know, 97% of them aren't going to do it. You know, the well, secrets yeah. are still safe with you. Absolutely. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the thing I realized. I hope about. they do it because it makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but again, you, you've got to, I, I mean, that's kind of what I felt kind of took me to another level. Mm-hmm. Also, I think part of my success is I've rep- represented a lot of, I don't say high in clientele, but a lot of figures in Minnesota. Like mm-hmm. my first listing ever in real estate was Ricky Rubio's condo in North Loop in Minneapolis. Wow. And he played mm-hmm. for the Timberwolves. Um, and then so I saw, that was literally my first listing. Listing, okay. Um, and that gave me like Star Tribune um, uh, mm. uh, reviews. was a bunch of like, bunch I got of. a lot of actually media attention. Okay. Um, different articles, you know, you know Minneapolis, St. Paul Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when Ricky got traded back, um, mm. You know, I sold him a house, sold him two houses, wow. and then he sent me Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I sold him a house next to him, um, who actually I'm purely renting to another Timberwolves player. Wow. Um, then I ended up selling, you know, both Ricky's house when he moved back. I'm purely working with another Timberwolves player, asked to stay, you know, confidential, mm-hmm. so I can't say his name, but yeah. he just signed, you know, an extension recently, so... Um, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's I, I built dope. that brand, and it makes other people, like, if the Timberwolves players are using him, I want to use them. I want right? to use them. So, and it doesn't cost anybody else more to nope. use you than, you know. Buyers, so sellers always pay both agents. Okay. The sellers pay the seller agent and the buyer's the agent. The buyer's agent. If you're buying a house and you hire me, you never have to pay me anything. Oh. Right? So I didn't know that. only the sellers would have to pay both. Okay. Right? And when I just parked here to get in, in this podcast, I got a DM from, I don't know who the gentleman is. He says, hey, um, my sister's looking to buy a house, but... Um, What's the lowest? She's she has a very low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the? I don't want to waste your time. Would you even do like two hundred thousand a home? I said, bro, I'll sell a fifty thousand dollar lot. Like <laughs> I don't like I don't have that. Even though I do like Big you, know, deals. Mil, mil, you know luxury multi million dollar deals, mm-hmm. I'll take anything. I don't have 
I don't have that character. Like, oh, I don't do that. I, yeah, it's too you know, low for you. Don't do that. Don't. And I, you know, there's some things that I would um, refer, you know, to your refer to my agents, but I personally would take any deal if okay. I have the capacity to do it. I would, and if I don't personally have, I have somebody close to me to handle it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, super super important. It's, that, you know what's crazy? I just as you were talking about that, mm-hmm. you literally took what you the I know Jado model of mm-hmm. like you how you were helping people throughout the whole process, and that went all the way in your business. That's how you've been longevity and been mm-hmm. kicking in this game. And man, I, I, you got to commend you for that because you. not a lot of people really do what it takes to actually hold their reputation, Correct. build credibility, build trust within their community, yep. and you. that's amazing. So you guys have to really commend. Thank Jado you. For that. I awesome. appreciate it. You just honestly, like, here's what I tell people, like, especially my two kids. Um, you got to be a good person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Christian, Muslim, Jew, Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Religion to me is being a good person. Mm-hmm. And how you're a good person is how you treat others. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be genuine. You have to actually mean well. You have to get rid of every bad intention you have. Mm-hmm. And believe me, like, karma is real. Like, 100%. you will be rewarded. You know, a lot of religions feel like, you know, you'll have the afterlife and you go to mm-hmm. heaven. Yes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in the afterlife, but you also in this life that you can live in, yes. you will be blessed. Mm-hmm. And But you have to, even, I mean, nobody's perfect. Nobody's I've done some perfect. fucked up shit in my life, but mm-hmm. you got to repent. You got to move on. And God judges your heart and your Intention. and your intentions more than 100%. your actions. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, you just got to deal with life. And like, I don't fake being nice to people like yes. i didn't build the brand i know jado because i wanted people like this is, i enjoy talking to people i enjoy meeting other people mm-hmm. like that's one of the biggest fights with my wife is she thinks i'm too friendly with everyone right <laughs> not just women like everyone right <laughs> but like um it's, i'm telling this is that's my character that's the way mm-hmm. that's and it's paid off for me right 100%. so you just gotta be genuine like you know i've sat down here like i didn't know you guys prior but mm-hmm. you know when you were shocked to me you seem genuine you seem like you know you got and i love supporting local youth and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. i believe entrepreneurship is the only way to go like, you know, I, I was on a podcast recently and i told these guys like i've been teaching my kids um how to own their business and build their credit and my my kid is six year old wow um then i have another three-year-old but my six-year-old she's very like into it like she's okay. very smart very listens but um the problem in this country is um and i love america like mm-hmm. i'm i Land of opportunity. My whole, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. my whole, I wouldn't be anywhere close if I was anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. this is the only country in the world that you can be successful um, just by not being lazy and not being 100%. dumb. Like I tell people, there's two reasons why you, sh- you shouldn't be successful in this country: you're either dumb or lazy. Or lazy. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like not everybody. Like I'm talking about, you should just have, you should get up and do it, and yeah. you can. So, but just the problem grit. here is they teach you to go to a good school mm-hmm. so you can get accepted by a good college mm-hmm. so you can get a good job, right? And that is not... Right? The they don't teach you how important credit is in credit. school. Um, nope. They don't teach you how Financial you know, literacy. Yeah, how to file your taxes, put money aside. Mm-mm. They don't teach you what it takes to actually open a business, which Mm-mm. is, it's a lot easier than getting a good job, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, you take a bigger risk, but the reward yes. is a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, teach the youth is, you know, Open your own business. Take the mm. risk. Nothing good comes easy, right? And, you know, overall, like, people... Ju- Unfortunately, we still live in a day where people judge you based on your worth, mm-hmm. right? But with social media, you know, speaking about social media, a lot of people don't have what they show that they have, yes. right? Like, let me just give you... Let me just ask you a question, mm-hmm. right? If I made $2 million mm-hmm. last year, and you made two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Who has more money? 
You have more money. How? But if I made two million mm-hmm. and I spent two million, oh, I made two hundred and spend fifty. Who has more money in the account? Oh, I have more money. Right? In the like that's no, what I people see. don't understand. Like, yeah, you could I make a lot of question. money. Right? Yeah, that like, is really good. You yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is very true. So you make that a lot of money, fine. but it's breaking even yeah. if you're spending all your money. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people do. I these just days. heard the larger number, and, yeah. I, and I mean, I I worded it that way. That but is again, true. like, how do you know I have more money than you? Mm-hmm. Right? You don't know what I've spent, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. It's what with you people. keep at the end of the day that really, especially nowadays, it's so it's easy to make money. Absolutely. Yeah, these kids, you know, streaming and going trading online making trading, million dollars behind a, behind Twitch, a computer right? everything is way different just avenues to make money these days mm-hmm. but you know people get stuck in showing that they have it that they spend it that's true. right yeah. like i bust my ass every day to make sure my kids will and their kids will never have to worry about working a day in their life not that i don't want them to work mm-hmm. i just want them to, i want to build a lifestyle for them where they just do what they do and enjoy it and not have mm-hmm. to worry about it that's my goal in life that's why wow. i work literally nothing else matters to me i want to make sure that- my wife my two kids and their kids are set for life okay. generational wealth. generational Absolutely. wealth and- see you mentioned that um i want to kind of get into that too because that's something important you really mm-hmm. mentioned that i like there and a lot of people have different mindsets about that so like you are working to give like your kids money you know make mm-hmm. sure they're good but a lot of people that are first generation, you know, they earn money themselves. They're like, no, I'm going to spend all the money myself. Yeah. And like my kids are not going to get any of the money. You know, I got to spend it before I die or sure. stuff like that. Like, what's your advice about that? Like, what do you think about that? Everybody's, you know, depends on what they want out of life. I'm the type of person is I want to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to, you know, maybe it's going to change their character where they don't feel like they need to work. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to make them feel like they need to work. Like, like my wife, for example. She doesn't need to work. Mm-hmm. I do pretty good for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought, the only thing I'd ever want from you is if I need your help at work, come help me. Yeah. Like, for example, edible arrangements. Our Valentine's Day is our Super Bowl. It's the yeah. craziest day of the year. Um, you know, she pops in, she checks in, but, like, I don't need her to work, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care. She wants to work, she can go ahead and work. I don't mind it, right? But for my kids... I'm like I've trained them on how to build their credit, how to open their own business. I want them to open their own business and make their own money, but I'm gonna take care of them if they do that or if not. If they do that, right? Or not. I says I want to make sure. I'm like I said, that's what I want out of life. Mm-hmm. You know, it I know a lot fulfilled. of my friends says I will not give my kid a dollar they, if they don't work and they're probably not gonna know the value of money. Maybe that's true or not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my kids where they know the value. They of know money. the value, yeah. and then they know that their dad got them. But I got hundred percent in every aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, safety, mentally, um, spiritually, spiritually, financially. That's. I mean, what's what? What is my goal in life? Like to leave yeah, a legacy, I, exactly, mm-hmm. and be successful. I mean, what am, I'm not going to take shit with me. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what am I going to do with it? I don't. And there's nothing that I want to spend that I don't spend on. Right mm-hmm. now, of course, I control my spending. So I don't go crazy. There's things that I could afford that I don't usually buy, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not living a happy life. Because mm-hmm. I realized, you know, as a club owner. I thought I had it all. Yeah. I had the women, the money, the cars, the lifestyle. The life. You know, I walk in and I don't even have to pay for a tab anywhere I go because I mm. take other people. And then I get married and have a kid. I'm like, this is true. Happy. This, this is, is true. I enjoy. Like, literally, I, I can't wait to get home because the first thing I do is my two kids run to me. And to me, that's the most joy I've ever experienced in my life. Mm. And that might sound cliche to you guys. And believe me, you won't know it until you have your own kids. Like, but again, it's to answer your question, everybody's different. Yeah. Like, everybody has a different mentality on how to raise a family. I want to make sure that my kids can do whatever the fuck they want 
and they don't have to ever worry about a thing. A thing. Mm -hmm. Bills are paid. You know, they're vacationing. You know, the cars, college like, is whatever good. Makes Everything them is happy. good. Yeah. And I promise you, they're never. Got, I'm gonna make sure that they don't feel like this is just handed to them. Yeah. Like, I want them to know that it's there if they need it, but they don't have to count on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, but I mean. That's dope. That's and like, like, you'll tell them like, you know, the dope thing, the, the thing that I really like is like, you know, telling them, hey, start a business. I'm investing in it. I'm yep. going to start the business for you. Like you have to work on it a little bit. That it should be the way to go about it. Because then you're investing in them while investing in the business. The business could blow up. It could go crazy. Yep. And then that would also make them feel like they've earned it too, because it's their business. Obviously you're investing in it. But the thing is teaching them values of like, what is business? Yep. What is credit? How to build a business? What is team members? What Correct. is all these skills that you're building now and teaching them that is Correct. really going to help them thrive. Absolutely. You know, so I really like that. Yeah. So going into um edible arrangements. So how did that come about? Let's go into that because um, that is a whole different business from sure. nightclub to real estate to like sure. now you've proven you can manage multiple different businesses in different uh, different ventures, and you're sure. not in a box of oh he's just, he was just a nightclub owner, Correct. oh he's just a real estate agent. Now you went into the edible arrangements, which was something totally different. Yeah. So like, there's no excuses anymore. You've yeah. done it all. Now you could any business you get into, you know how to make it thrive. Okay. So you have a system to make businesses work. You're a great businessman, right? Because all businesses take. You know, kind of the same thing. It's about the team. What is the product? Um, is the marketing good in these things? So let, mm -hmm. let's get into edible arrangements. You know, sure. we've I seen them on TV. I remember mm -hmm. like watching edible arrangements so long ago. Yep. You know, yep. it was the flowers. So like all that stuff. What made you buy into that? Um, I had a meeting with a gentleman named Chris. He owns Parallel Valet. Mm -hmm. And I had a meeting with him because... Oh, yeah. Shout out to Chris. Oh, he was Chris. on the podcast. Chris. Oh, he was? Yeah. I love Chris. He's a good friend of Amazing mine. Amazing guy. I'm, yeah, very smart. Very hardworking kid. But after our meeting, he sent me an Evo arrangement. I'm like... And I've seen it, but I've never received one. I've never sent one. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is actually great. Because I thought it was really nice. It was very nice gesture that he made. Mm -hmm. And then... Going, so I had that in mind. I'm like, I kind of want to own something like this. Mm -hmm. And then, and it goes, it goes well with my real estate, you know, mm -hmm. like closings and cool. clients. Right? Yeah. So, um, and it's, it sticks with people because it's flowers, but you can eat it. Right. Mm -hmm. So people actually enjoy it when they just have a flowers in there and then look at it. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, going through COVID, I realized that there's a lot of business that thrived and a lot mm -hmm. of business that went out of business. Mm. So, I like I, I don't want to have my eggs all in one basket, mm -hmm. you know. So especially like my consultation business kind of stalled because bars and restaurants were closed. Um, real estate was still good, but you know a lot of people were just concerned, so they took a step back when first COVID. So I wanted to get into another business that is COVID proof mm -hmm. and edible. I just start looking. Edible was one of the businesses that really skyrocketed. Really, right? Okay. So and then I um found that I'm. The one downtown, which is literally right outside my office. Yeah. So there was two that went on the market um, in Maple Grove and Plymouth. And I was literally at the closing table and they came up with another $25,000 um, machine that they supposedly they were supposed to cover. Now they want me to pay for, which is the slush machine. I said, that wasn't part of the deal. And it wasn't about the 25 grand. <laughs> mm -hmm. The fact that it's you the principal the, the last day to actually tell me I'm responsible for it. So I walked I walked out of the, I'm like, I don't want it. So, wow. um, and... So, and I start, I kept wanting to look, and then the Minneapolis one came out, which was perfect. It's literally, I can walk through the Skyway. It's a two-minute walk for me, mm -hmm. from from the Skyway. I mean, in the summer, it's like 30-second walk, because I get out and go in the building, mm -hmm. right? But, and it's it's a great business. So, there's seven stores. In Minneapolis, yeah. right? Or Minnesota, the whole Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Um, Minneapolis, I'm the only store. 
Oh wow! So no competition. Yeah. No competition. <laughs> yeah. And the thing how edible arrangement works is like per zip codes. Mm-hmm. So when people put an online order, it goes to the closest one. Mm-hmm. So it's great because I get all the downtown businesses. Businesses. Because they send a lot of people gifts. So mm-hmm. um, it's one of the best locations to have. Yeah. And um, I, I inherited a great staff mm-hmm. that you know kind of does all the day-to-day stuff. I, I'm there every day. I oversee everything. I handle the paperwork, stuff like that. But the actual work, I got a great stuff that does it, that I mm-hmm. came with the store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at first, I remember the first day, I, the the old seller was worried that they're not going to stick around because she has a great relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm closer to them. I'm already closer to them than she's ever been. Wow. And wow. First, I, I know Jado. <laughs> in the first meeting, I said, hey, um, I'm giving everybody a dollar raise starting today, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. they knew I wasn't trying to, you know, I'm actually more generous than she was because they've been on the same rate for like five years and never got a raise. Wow. wow. So, um, but again, it's how you treat people. Yeah. You know? So, and I always tell people, um, people don't quit jobs, people quit bosses. Quit bosses. Right? Yeah. Like, That's a bar. Like for you to go and actually get a job, you probably enjoy it mm-hmm. enough to actually go apply and want to do it. Mm-hmm. The only time you actually feel like you'd leave is because, not you don't like the job anymore, but you don't you hate your boss. Your boss. Right. So I try to create a, cause, and again that's what comes with loyalty, mm-hmm. right? Like my staff takes stuff personal because they love me, right? They yeah. love the relationship because they want to make sure that the store is thriving, mm-hmm. and you build that with relationships with your staff. Exactly. So, so like, what is it like owning like a franchise business? How does that work? Like, let's say someone wants to get into owning a jimmy john's or owning some form of franchise business i know that's a whole different model how does something like that work usually you have to take a class right like i had to go to atlanta for 10 days Mm -hmm. take this edible it's called the edible arrangement college okay um you know they basically teach you everything about the business and how to own it and run it and you know so um it's just time consuming i literally had to be there in LA for 10 days and it was a class even saturday sunday from 8 a.m to 6 p.m right i mean you learn a lot but um you know, that's every, everybody, like McDonald's, they do the same thing. Called the McDonald's. McDonald's schools. McDonald's yeah. schools, right? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a good, this is my first franchise. So okay. it's kind of newer to me, but um, they take a bigger fee. Right? Okay. Like, I look at what I pay in per diem, like, that just, you know, sucks, mm-hmm. right? But also, they do a lot of the marketing for you. Mm. So, they, you know, they, they basically do the kind of the groundwork. So you don't do no marketing? I you know? do my own store marketing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they do a lot of their own marketing as well. Okay. So which just helps. Like yeah. the billboards that you see, we technically pay for it. Every store pitches. Through the fee, right? Yep. Through the franchise yep. fee. Exactly. Um, but they cover it. So, okay. um, But you, I do feel like sometimes like my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I want to door dash it and I can't. Oh. Right? Like, I'm like, why not? Like if I can throw a door dash is big or, you know, Uber mm-hmm. Eats, they don't allow you. Mm. So you do feel like you're handcuffed for certain things, um, but so, so that you guys have your own delivery cars, like yep. your own edible yep. arrangement cars. Yep. Did you have to buy that separately, or that yep. came with? The... No, this store didn't come. I had to buy one. Oh, so, like the two stores I was buying before, they all had one truck each. One truck each. This okay. one didn't. So, this, but it was the yep. principle that made Correct. you leave Correct. the table. No, that and makes sense. There's seven stores. The other six are owned by women. I'm the only male owner. Male, wow. And, it's, and um, you know it's. It's a fun business. I don't, you know, I don't want to sound sexist, but like to me, you know, it could be either, it could be done by either men or women. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I got into it because I looked at it as a business opportunity more than just a fun business to be in. Mm-hmm. But I think for, you know, most women, it's, it's a fun business to be owned and be there. And because 
you know, I feel like they're more creative than we are. Right? Way more. And creative. it takes that business takes a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. So and like does that that probably like helps because you have your real estate agency, mm-hmm. you know. So sometimes when a client you you're trying to convince yep. a agent, you're trying to convince a closing person, you can yep. just send them some. I, and I do that all the time. You know, and my cost on it is pretty low. Like you know, what probably hundred dollar bouquet probably cost me twenty. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I can afford doing that. Okay. So like for every closing, I send one out to the closing table. Right. Um, for one year, I call it home anniversary. So after a year of selling, because you get the Facebook pops up. Mm-hmm. Now I have a CRM that tells me, but like, yeah. um, I set them a you know arrangement, say happy one year home one anniversary. One year. So wow. Just stuff like that because it sticks memorable. with people. And then they take a picture and they post it. And they post right? it and so, they tag you and that's free yeah. marketing. And that, yep. it's just, exactly. nah, makes makes a lot of sense. And nah, that's super important that you're like, you know, sharing all these things, you know. Final thing really wanted to go into a little bit was, um, I know you were involved in um, the restaurant industry also Correct. too. Yep. So like the, where we have a tech company for the restaurant industry. Yeah. And restaurants really got hit during COVID, right? Correct. Um, and I think you opened this new venture during the end of COVID, was it? Correct. Yeah. Or like I mean, when, mid- I, when I signed my lease, it was still shut down. Okay. Right. And that's why I was able to negotiate a pretty good lease. Because mm-hmm. I think even the landlord thought I was crazy. I was going to this business. But I was starting to feel like it was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, and just another risk that I take it. I love taking risks. And sometimes mm-hmm. I shouldn't. But, um, <laughs> you know, this one, side chick per se. Side chick, yep. Um, Go check was, it out. Thank you. So, um it was I kind of wanted to do a kind of just bring something back to Uptown that's kind of fun, cool concept. So I worked with Ninja and Justin Sutherland, mm-hmm. and we basically told Justin to kind of put the menu together. And you know, he was like our chef. I'm like, just do what you want. And to me, you know, it's Justin Sutherland and David Fima. Those two to me are the goats. The goats, chefs. Mm-hmm. chefs. Yeah, yep. Like, shout out to Justin. Shout sure. out. To, also, shout out to Eli too. Eli. Yep. Eli is goats. my guy. Yeah. Eli is like the definition of hospitality in Minnesota. Uh-huh. He, when you go to Fema, forget about the vibe and the food. <laughs> just the experience that he gives. He makes the you tea. feel like he makes yeah. The tea. He did the tea for thing sure. first. That, like, that was lit. That and was these lit. guys are like best in the business. I respect them. I have much love for them. So him and his dad are great. But um, Justin put a great menu together and we got so many negative feedback mm. before we opened um like from because they thought side chick was a gregatory name mm-hmm. um, for like women play on word that oh. yeah but like our menu was chicken and sides yeah like, yeah it made thing. sense that's why i thought it'd be fine put side chick like mm-hmm. you know what's you know chicken and sides yeah. that's all that that's our all intention was that's all that would be, be cool right right man we i was being dragged through the mud by you know these articles and you know but i think i mean we stuck with it we didn't do you know i didn't think i was doing anything wrong you know justin he put his name on it right i mean mm-hmm. you know he had my back as well and i felt comfortable because i was worried that his brand was going to get affected mm-hmm. but you know he handled it he believed in the in the product um and then um there was an incident outside it was a drive-by um back in august mm-hmm. and um um one of our service you know got affected and kind of took a big toll on me mentally mm-hmm. I, i'm not even exaggerating I probably about a month i couldn't get much sleep wow so um i decided to kind of step away mm-hmm. um and then i sold it to a good friend of mine his name is dylan mm-hmm. um young kid right out of um he was he was a veteran he's a 24 year old kid but mm-hmm. um he's a veteran he, he served four years in hawaii mm-hmm. so he came back he had saved up some money he wanted to invest um sold it to him and i'm you know i still help him out and you know he's done a pretty good job running it as well but it's it's a tough industry still mm-hmm. um there's this 
terrible reputation about Minneapolis, downtown and uptown mm-hmm. that people are trying to stay away of. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for incidents like that. But, um, you know, I don't want to go into details when it comes to, yeah. you know, we tried to hire police off duty outside and we were giving them a lot of money. Nobody wanted to work. Wow. So it's just, there's still a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the city needs, there's a lot of work need to be put in yeah. to bring the city back to where it was. Especially I mean, like, because, you know, this the Minneapolis, we're pretty good food industry. There's yeah. a lot of like hidden restaurants, right. hidden gems. And like, you know, people just aren't getting business like that because they're not, you know, people not going out. Correct. People would rather just DoorDash, to yeah. get it delivered to them. Mm-hmm. Correct. I, mm-hmm. I agree. And there's a lot of places that end up closing mm-hmm. right, because of COVID. Um, and the people that survived that didn't close they're dealing with a different you know animal now mm-hmm. which is you know um the the reputation that was around downtown and uptown but you know like i said side chick is still doing good yeah it's still a great menu um chef justice Sutherland is kind of stepped away mm-hmm. um went up selling it not for a specific reason he has a lot going on he has yeah. a lot he's this doing a travel show. show yeah this guy's doing yeah, a show yeah. this guy's doing so much dope he has stuff some hog too so mm-hmm. um but again it's still a great place to be great vibe um, one of very few places that is very diverse in Uptown. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's to me, is the best chicken sandwich in town. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nah, dope, dope, dope. Yeah, just wrapping up, what would be some advice that you would give, like one final advice for, you know, everybody that's trying to be in, get into real estate? You know, we talked about some of the numbers so you guys know what's going on. But like someone that's thinking of getting into real estate or they're on the edge right now, what would some advice be? Um, take the first step. Mm-hmm. And um, don't think you're going to go in and, you know, make a million the first year. Mm-hmm. I would say if you consider it, trying to have a secondary income the first mm-hmm. couple of years until you build the brand and then you'll be able to actually have a consistent business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the advice is take the first step. Go take the class. Because mm-hmm. once you're invested and you actually take, take that step, you would actually commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to get it, but they don't have, you know, actually starting the Started. classes mm-hmm. and procrastinating like i and I'm, i mean this like even if you're considering to join another brokerage or you know even a different state i literally genuinely love giving advice and help people go mm-hmm. a certain way you don't feel like you need to work with me in order to call me like i i've still helped people that are different brokerages that call mm-hmm. me how do i do this and again it's, it's good karma you help people and it's going to come it, back it's going to come back but to you. um i i also believe that real estate is going to a different route okay um i think the metaverse is Ooh, is the wow. future yeah i mean i feel like that needs a whole different podcast well, yeah <laughs> we gotta tell, we gotta come back for that one because sure. that's a whole like three hour talk we could talk about all day about the metaverse yeah. and stuff i'm actually working on getting my license to be able to sell in the metaverse, metaverse. Wait, wait, yeah. wait 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on yeah. what did you just say uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna get my license so i can sell in the metaverse because there's currently they just released it they you can literally it's a different license than you have in real estate that is huge. Yo, that's like that's crazy. That I is. Really do. So like Virtual real estate land. agents can start selling on the metaverse. Yep. So you can sell a building, for example, right? Um, you can hold meetings in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally, it's virtual. all virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you own that space. And you get commission based on the yep. who uses. Yo, the this is crazy. Absolutely. This is crazy. Cause yeah. I know, I know someone bought next to snoop dogg's house for like half a million dollars or something on the metaverse Mm -hmm. and like they bought that like so and i'm pretty sure there isn't too many real estate agents on there so like you're gonna be there isn't anyone in minnesota yet that i know Mm -hmm. of oh wow it's a lot in cali and florida 
Yeah. Um, not enough here, but that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm wow. actually getting my agents to get it as well. That's all we've been working on the last month. That's crazy. The metaverse. You gonna start? That's one thing. Like, <laughs> I, I also want. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, take your but, time. Take your time. Um, people. I think a lot of people have learned to not not take risks anymore. Yes. Like a lot of people, like, could we oh, change that? Like Bitcoin. Like I wish I got on it. Like mm -hmm. NFT. Mm -hmm. Like so, people don't want to take the risk not hopping on things. So mm -hmm. even myself, I'm like. If, if even if the metaverse doesn't work, I want I want to be one of the first people to get on because yep. that's who wins. Yeah, whoever got in Bitcoin first won. Whoever got an NFT first won. One. Whoever's getting, I feel like who's gonna in the metaverse is gonna win on the long run. Mm -hmm. So don't don't think I thought NFT was the dumbest idea in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna spend a million dollar on a picture. I can screenshot right. So exactly, but again, I didn't understand it. Like to me, the NFT now is NFT is currently like. Equivalent to the blue check mark on Instagram. Absolutely. Exactly. Right? Like, you get mm -hmm. into these groups and these parties and these, you know, like, and look look at everyone. Like, Steph Curry, his, his um, mm -hmm. picture on there is an NFT. Mm -hmm. um, Lil Baby, you know, OBJ. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody just, they're getting into it. And that's, you, you're you buying into the lifestyle. The lifestyle. I was yep. just looking at those, you get a picture, right? <laughs> you get a picture. But it's, it's really, the picture doesn't really mean much. Mm -hmm. It's owning it, what means the most, and what it gets you. Mm -hmm. so. And the thing about NFTs, real quick, is it's like on the blockchain forever. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that are making quick buck from it right now, not yep. understanding the ruin in their reputation. Like, there's an mm -hmm. NBA player that did something called a rug pull, you know, and it's, I'm, I don't want to say the name, but he kind of ruined his reputation for just a few million bucks yep. when his whole career he was going to make over 300 Wait, million yep. you know sure. so it's like there's a lot of people that are also ruining their name but the thing about the metaverse is it's on the blockchain forever it's yep. like you can't hide it so once you do something yep. it's up there forever you cool. know and it's you got to be an early adopter you got to do the research you got to learn and one thing that you know i really took from this um podcast episode even for me is you know continuing to innovate and educate yourself Correct. continuously you know Correct. like with every new level you reach you learned enough by how do you get to the next level because every time you hit a new level you're new again you got to learn more yep. information you got to yep. learn apply then you hit a new level you know sure. and you know there's a lot of people that are comfortable with where they're at yep. but if you're not growing you're dying yep. you're never right. we're never staying the same you're either going up or you're like slowly declining yep. and i think the most important thing is always being around other people that are also yep. innovating so you see like okay yo they're, they're hopping on the metaverse all right let me let me do that too you Absolutely. know because people follow people they know right and like i said what's the worst that could happen you know you wasted maybe a little bit of money a little mm -hmm. bit of time but mm -hmm. the reward is a lot bigger 100 don't think any nowadays don't think anything is a dumb idea i learned that the hard way yeah. Ooh, you know? that's so, a bar right there yeah just Go for it. What's the worst that could happen? Damn, that's right. the worst there thing you have. Give me the best thing ever. Yeah, right. And you're that's um, you're before we wrap it, you're big on TikTok, right? So tell I the am. people about little, um, little TikTok story. I mean, uh, I, mean <laughs> I, I started on TikTok back in like 2018, okay. where it wasn't nobody really knew about it. I just mm -hmm. really enjoyed the app. I wasn't really posting anything. Mm -hmm. I was just watching his videos, mm -hmm. and there was like a probably fifty thousand at the time. It wasn't a lot of people, and then I start doing my own videos because. Like I said, I can I can be myself. Yes. I can be dumb. I because I I have a kind of a weird sense of humor, not in like a creepy way. Just you know, I it's funny. I think I'm a lot funnier than I actually am. So <laughs> I, I post stuff on there, and you know, it's only people that nobody actually in, that I knew followed me at the time because okay. nobody was on it. I didn't know anyone that even knew of TikTok when I did right. it. Mm -hmm. So and you know, we're talking about this earlier. Is you you make it on TikTok when you make it on the for you page. Mm. Yes. So, you know, there's two columns on TikTok. There's the people that you follow mm -hmm. and they follow you, they can watch your videos. Yeah. And there's a for you page. That's who TikTok picks to put on there 
for everybody to see. Exactly. So when you make it on there, that's it's likely people are going to watch your video. They're going to follow you and like it. Mm -hmm. Right. So and the more you make it on the for you page, the more you get on there. Mm. Like you basically sometimes they just automatically make you put you on a for you page. Mm -hmm. um, but I really grew it when COVID hit when I was at home and I you know kind of connected with my daughter on that because she would enjoy doing videos with me yeah so, and i just stuck with it you know and i just constantly it's all about everything in life is about consistency, consistency. i was very constant on tiktok and um now they like the app pays you per view yeah you know, like, so you get four cents per every thousand view oh wow so okay. which is you know good because every million you get like forty dollars right? yeah now it's not yes. about but if you post a few videos a day that go you know one in two million you know i Probably average maybe about two k a month, right? That's a solid. That's twenty four k a year just so by you know. I don't post enough. I feel like I need to post a lot more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the only app that you know. Instagram, you get deals and brand yeah. deals, but it's not really nothing you, exciting. Right? Yeah, like TikTok yeah. page review, just like YouTube. Mm -hmm. So um, I I believe in the app because I've seen a lot of people blow up overnight. Yeah, like, it's literally the only app that can make you an overnight celebrity. Mm -hmm. Yes, and like look at Charlie D'Amelio, the most followed girl on TikTok. I remember the first video she posted, and I mean she's a cute girl, but there's nothing special about her. Mm -hmm. And now she's worth like fifty million. Yeah, right? just for literally you know doing some dances on she TikTok. She did. She did like a Dunkin' deal. She's doing yeah. big I deals. Mean, she's <laughs> flat out like she's mm -hmm. huge. Um, and um, like Lil Nas X, like yeah, they, they didn't know nobody knew who Lil Nas before TikTok, mm -hmm. and there's so many different artists are just blowing up off TikTok. So I even tell all the local artists and rappers like, get on TikTok, post yes. like Jay Plaza, like shout out to him. He's to me, he's one of the best artists in Minnesota. He's constantly on TikTok. Okay. Like he just posted, um, Russ did it like a you have to kind of yeah the, the duet song. yeah, and um, he didn't he like got a few million views wow. like. Mm -hmm. That's that's the only platform that gives you that kind of attention. Because yes. now they you know they follow them on Instagram now, like mm -hmm. at least other at things. Least. Still mm -hmm. TikTok, like I said, it's not gonna send me buyers to buy real estate from me. That's gonna do everything. Attention, else. it's yeah. the, it's, it's attention, it's currency. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. you know. Yeah, but um, get on TikTok. Like get I tell on, everybody yes. this, and post. Like even if you don't, I have some videos that don't get too much attention, but that's I don't. The consistency. Yeah, keep posting. If and, one know, out of every ten videos goes viral, yeah. it'll make up for all the exactly. other ones that didn't go viral. So like, Absolutely. yo, get on TikTok. You know, people are not paying attention yep. to TikTok right now, and I honestly think it's gonna be. It's still at its early stage. You know, mm -hmm. it's still like getting to the point where you know a lot of people are hopping on now but now it's the algorithm it's still not like a like for for instance instagram only 10 percent of your followers actually see your post yeah, yeah correct. facebook even lower you know yeah. i think this is the first year facebook's users declined in the 17 years it's been out this wow. is the first year that it declined that's interesting why is that because everybody's hopping on tiktok tiktok went from being you know a kids app to even grandmas you i see these grandpas yeah, on there like for sure like dancing it's like now it's like yo okay if grandpas are hopping on now and kids it's not just a kids app anymore it's for, sure. for everybody Everyone. you yeah. know and people are doing it for different reasons too like mm -hmm. you know some marketing something like mm -hmm. it's literally the most diverse platforms and i, f I feel like it's only gonna grow it's only gonna grow so. so if you're not on tiktok and you're making the excuse of saying it's for kids you're just making an excuse for you know sure. it's not for you so jado man we appreciate you, you dropping guys. all this game let the people know where they can find you your socials your email everything Absolutely. Know. um you know my handle is all the same i know jano instagram and tiktok um 
and Facebook Jada Hark. I also have the Jada Hark Realtor specific okay. for real estate. Um, my website is www.jadarealtor.com. Okay. Um, or you know my elite agency is www.eliteagencymn.com in Minnesota. Um, Twitter, same thing. I know Jado. So okay. Um, like That's I said, easy. Reach out. Yeah, yeah I know Jado <laughs> for sure. Yep. Um, text me. Call me. You know, if I DM me, I respond to everyone. So mm-hmm. that's super important. Yeah, and he he's definitely gonna respond to all of you guys. Any real estate questions? Any franchise questions? Anything you have, hit him up. Make sure y'all follow him though. That's a big favor we want y'all to do. Make sure y'all follow him, like his post, comment, be engaged. So yeah, appreciate you guys for coming on with us. This podcast is brought to you by the Daily Meetup, the only organization that meets up every single morning, Monday to Friday, for an hour, where we hold you accountable. You're gonna be on a call with us every single morning for an hour we hold each other accountable we do book we're in a what book are we reading right now think and grow rich Rich. we already read two books and the program's been out for only a month right you could try it for a dollar if you don't like it you leave if you like it you're gonna stay you're more than likely gonna stay so go to thedailymeetup.com again that's thedailymeetup.com and i'll see you in the morning thank you guys we are out thank you guys thank you for having me awesome all right yeah that That was good. good yeah